Welcome everyone to Friday the 13th. This is a very special episode we have now titled the Friday the 13th Horror Hookup, where we talk yeah. to people, we talk to people from the industry, writers, directors, actors, actresses, all from an LGBT perspective. We're so excited to welcome our very first guest. You know him as Nick from Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. Welcome Kevin Spiritas. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I guess Hi, Kevin. Yay. We're so excited. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Wonderful. How are you tonight? Hey, I am. I'm really great. I know uh, it's a special night, a special day for me and my writing partner, Michael Slade. Today, we released After Forever, the series on Amazon. <laughs> There you go. Congratulations. Oh, and it's, thank you. Congratulations. And Kevin, it is like, it's just, it's so exciting um, to have this new, really LGBT focused piece in the world that is so different from from things that we have in the world right now. Um, I I binge the entire series today. Uh, The first day that it came out, it was. All 18 hours of it. I can't wait to talk about it with you more tonight. All eight, actually, it was it was twenty four hours because I, I bought the um, I bought the extended cut. The director's cut. <laughs> um, no, so, no, uh, looking it's, forward it's, to it's talking minutes. more about it with you. <laughs> um, I'm I'm very proud of it. Michael Slade is very proud of it. We we hope that everyone who does watch it will um, find something uh, to relate to, and it's it's very moving, obviously. And um, if you find it moving. You know, tell the world about it, and we'll have more after forever to come. But that's that's for later, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Kevin, I'll tell you a little bit about our podcast. Our normal um, way of doing it is we usually discuss a horror and real life topic um, that can be anywhere from discrimination to politics to uh, um, real crime, anything like that. We kind of vary. Uh, and then we usually segue into horror and media, which is basically we review a couple horror movies. So <laughs> pretty heavy to pretty light. <laughs> okay. Okay. So if you wouldn't mind, we would love to ask you some questions about your your real life. 
All right. We'll see what I we'll see what I can offer you as answers. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so I think we're going to, we're going to concentrate a lot on, you know, you as an out actor, um, that that's, you know, back when, wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you right there. Okay. How about, how about me as an out man who happens to be an actor, a nephew, a son, a brother, an uncle, a partner, uh, I'm a man first. And I think that's. One thing that for yeah. me has always been so important to acknowledge. Gotcha. Because if you start to, and not just you, but we fall into this, you're an out actor. I'm, I'm comfortable now enough to say I'm an out man. Sure. Um, but that's, acting is a slice of me. Yeah. Uh, parenting, sure. uh, partnering is a slice of me. Being a nephew, an uncle, a good friend, a writer, and all slice of me, all makes up the whole. And oh, for I sure. think think of me as man first or woman woman first and so how about that question again <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to talk to you about well, being well, an, an out man in the professional career well, of being an actor yeah absolutely okay okay um what's it like no um so um, when did you when did you actually come out in your uh, personal life versus your professional life if you don't mind talking about that no um i, I think for my journey with my my acceptance of who I am and 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 how I occur in the world, I think it was always kind of um, for me it was always this uh, uh, push and pull or you know um, uh, see me don't see me type of attitude because I knew as a very young man in my life I can even think back to the age of maybe five six years old. Um, feelings I had around men versus women. Some people will say, how can you know that? I just, I, I can't tell you anything other than at a younger age, I knew there was um, a, a feeling I was having and I didn't recognize it as accepted or not accepted, as gay versus straight, any of that. And as I got older and I would hear people talk about um, gay people or uh, there'd be slang in even in the household or at school or um, in the profession I'm in, uh, it would always it would scare me or it would keep me quiet. Mm -hmm. So there was a there was always a, there was always something about my life that was being compensated for, and that was to not be the truth of who I am. And I would cover up with that. And so I I guess in my own personal life and my close friends, that was that was an easy coming out, so to speak. Sure. But I started to, uh, you know, in my late teens, and, and, and I'm a bit older <laughs> than, uh, than you guys are, so I think back in, in, in the world that I grew up in, high school, you know, I, my rite of passage and my coming of age really kind of happened 10, 15 years after high school. Sure. Uh, because yeah, I sure. had girlfriends, but it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't, there there wasn't any experimentation and, and my sexual um, questioning was not being answered with the opposite sex. Anyway, that being said, my coming of age and my coming out started to happen about 10 years later. That was when my rite of passage and learning of who I was was really kind of out there in the world and not at home, not in St. Louis growing up. And at that time also, actors, um, leading men actors, leading young men actors were not supposed to be gay. They were supposed to be straight. So it was a very quiet, very 
a very close secret. And um, I don't really think I came out into that. Oh, I guess I can't. I'm going to say 2004-ish, where somebody asked me in a, in an interview, um, "What's it like to be an out actor, an out gay actor?" And I and I stopped them, just as I had said with you. It wasn't about coming out. It was about clarifying who and what I am. And that is um, when I got very clear that I'm a man. Mm-hmm. And that's all that's important to me. It, it became easier to talk about it. It became easier to be within that skin that we know as um, sure. uh, the gay community. And that's kind of how it happened. So that wow. was, that's, it's, it's, and it's all very new for me as well because here, not new for me now, but even <laughs> the undertaking of, of working on a project where I'm portraying a gay male, mm-hmm. uh, an, an older gay male. And I wanted it to be clean. My writing partner and I both had, uh, we, we came together with two different stories. Michael Slade had had his own ideas about what he was starting to think about and where he would create a story maybe someday. And I had an idea of what it was. My idea was to, um, to look at the gay male at 50 years old being single and going back into the dating world. Sure. And, um, for me, that was a very uh, interesting time in my life because that's what I was experiencing. So sure. I had a story to tell. Michael had a story to tell. And there, after forever, was was really kind of born. However, within that, I remember saying to him, the kind of role that I want to play is just I want to I want to be me in whatever story we create together. I want to be able to step on set and not have to put on a disguise or put on a, an accent sure. or, or, you know, posture a certain way. I wanted to just sort of walk on and let it be a continuation of me. And I, gratefully, gratefully, he heard me and knew what I was asking. And I think Michael really helped car up uh, car. <laughs> we'll get into carving later. <laughs> <laughs> he helped um uh, create uh, this kind of role for me, and um, uh, and tell a story that he wanted to tell as well. So, um, well, I'll, I'll tell you, he, you, you both did a great job because you really, it, it's so natural watching you in, in in the show, which of course we'll we'll talk more about it later. Um, but it really did just appear so natural and so just um, so uh, true to life, and so it was really it was really amazing to watch. Kevin, I'm, I'm wondering, did you ever feel uh, in your in your career that you, that you because you, you talked about how leading men were supposed to be straight, did you ever feel like you did get a part or that you faced discrimination because you were you were gay? I will be. I'll, I'll answer that question this way. I don't think anybody ever set out to discriminate against me being gay in the profession because basically, when it comes down to it. A casting director and a producer and a director, they just want someone to show up and do the job. Mm-hmm. And I can probably say for me, if there was a time in my life when I was not comfortable in my skin because I was fearing um, uh, my sexuality being found out or my, my lifestyle being found out, then maybe it showed mm-hmm. more or maybe. Um, I wasn't settled in a role or I wasn't settled in myself. I, I, I really have to say that in this world that we live in, 
Mm-hmm. I'm a believer that every thought, every word, every action, every everything that we have come out of our minds and our brains and our mouths creates the next moment in our reality. And I can probably count the times when I was not comfortable and I sure. probably overcompensated or I probably wasn't um, uh, solid in my own self. And I think that probably showed through. And if there was discrimination, it was probably like, oh, well, you know, he, he struck out on that role. Sure. Next move on mm-hmm. interesting. So, sure. That being said, and, and I always found out, uh, I find fascinating that the roles that I excel at and the roles that I, I usually get have some sort of, they have some sort of psychic or um, uh, universal lesson for me to work through and to get understand. Uh, this is my this is my experience uh, that if there's something that is close to me or right to me, it's usually I attract it, I kind of work through it, and I kind of can present it, and that's again it's me walking through on something and just sort of saying here it is, folks, and this is, and that's how I kind of found my balance within myself. And I had some great teachers along the way too. And they weren't just acting sure. teachers. They were people in life who I looked up to mentors who I found helped me. They helped me get through the non, <laughs> the non gay thematic mm-hmm. uh, setup of life. We were, I was raised in a very hetero world where heroes were hetero and uh, Superman and, and, and mm-hmm. Batman and, and all, all these, all these heroes were straight supposedly mm. and you know even wonder woman is straight for the world to see and uh, i had no gay heroes i had no wow one yeah. to stand up and say this is who i am and and accept me and it wasn't until i started and, and you know also the aids epidemic took so many of our yeah our heroes oh, God, so many yes. our talents away that you know we were distraught and we were also I think any discrimination might have been at a certain point might have been, oh, they're gay, they might have AIDS. That may be playing wow. into certain things, yeah. but um, and I'm I'm grateful every day of my life that I, I've been spared and I was never, I never went down that road. Or, and sure. it's not something I have to to look at, but I do know that I'm I'm clear in my mind that if there was something that didn't work in a relationship or didn't work in a business situation i don't think it was for me i don't think the discrimination came out to a place of more than it's just it's not working it's not a fit mm-hmm. um, yeah. now i will say this too i have gotten some unfavorable comments on facebook as a recently um, oh really uh, based on after forever um i don't care what you do in your bedroom but why do you have to make it someone else's business well, oh, God. I'm just, i know okay 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 yeah, these are people who are not comfortable in some place in their life, and they're—I just—I don't engage in it. I'm just saying it does come up. So, yeah. Um, well, good, good for you, because that is it's uh, hard to not engage with. Jesus knows that. Jesus, take the wheel right now. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank but you. Anyway, sure. so I, that was that was very interesting, truly. And I, and I, I think you're going to go into this later, but. Um, uh, what's the book? Uh, memories? What was it? Oh, uh, Friday? yeah, Crystal Lake Memories. Crystal Lake Memories. The author and friends of the author who contacted me, we all knew um, the inner circle of who we were and that we were all running in our own lives. 
some of us were out about being gay, some of us weren't, and I was not out yet. I was not, I, I remember saying to the author, I can say this off record, but it is not okay for you to print about me and my personal life. And that was not, <laughs> that was not what he did. Um, it was not respected. And I remember being at a convention oh, wow. and signing autographs and all of these young gay men came up to me <laughs> and went, oh, we're so glad you, what? And I was, wow. I was uh, frightened by it because I wasn't, I wasn't there yet. And I think it's never anyone's place to push anyone out the door or out on stage or out anywhere. Yeah. So there were no, of course, of course um, not. Because we were also told that, you know, leading men aren't gay. Right. So it just all circles back around to the same answer. You know, there was challenges. There was once I started to realize that I wasn't losing out on work, I was gaining work at a certain level. I think in 1996 or 97, one of those, mm-hmm. uh, actually 96, I did a, a play in Los Angeles called End of the World Party about six or seven guys on Fire Island. And uh, I was with Jim J. Bullock and um, Doug Tompost mm-hmm. and myself and Richard Hochberg, and we all got awarded extraordinary awards, you know, acting awards. And, and the play written by Chuck Ramberg was a, a dramedy, a very funny dramedy. And uh, he was acknowledged and the GLAAD award that year. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. Was, give, was given to the cast and given to the play. And that was, a, that was an extraordinary moment for all of us. And then that same year, I also did a movie called Green Plaid Shirt, which was gay thematic. And I just jumped into it and I had a wonderful, wonderful uh, a friend, a coach actually, she was a queer coach for me at the time, now she's just my, one of my best friends, but <laughs> my friend Barbara Deutsch, my, she, I said to Barbara, I said, would you, would you please read this script? I, 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 I need your opinion, you know, if I should do it or not. Yeah. She goes, what opinion, what opinion? I said, you know, it's gay thematic. What about my career? You know, and she goes, Kevin, you don't have a career. Do the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh my God. Yeah, and I did the movie, and people did not run away. They actually called me. And uh, that was, um, yeah. So it's almost like as you embraced it more and more, it, it, you embraced the career that came along with it and really just fell into it. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to say that. And I think it's, I think that's, that's in life with anything. Um, there's that great quote from uh, After the Fall, um, you know, I, I, I bent down to its ugly face and I kissed it and I accepted that ugly idiot in the, in the play. And, you know, once you kind of embrace it, you know, all that crap yeah. falls away. You know, totally. Wonderful. Uh, Arthur Miller said it, he just said it in a very different way. And, uh, you know, <laughs> The, the truth may piss you off, but it will set you free. As, uh, amen to that. God, amen to that. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for all that. That was all. That was all very uh, insightful and really well, totally. really well spoken to. Well, thank you. And I also just wanted to say, you know, you're asking me to come on the show was uh, it was an instant yes because I, I think. At this time in our lives and where we are now, I mean, I didn't have Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. Growing up. I didn't have um, 
the After Forevers, and I didn't have, you know, um, uh, Love Simon and Call Me By Your Name. I, 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 I didn't have all, I didn't have all of these these programs and these people standing up, and um, uh, and now they they have in their past in their history they have come out or they've paved the way, and I just if my heart hurt a certain way when I was younger, I would hate for that to continue on for anybody else. So, yeah, you know, we're here, we're here on this tiny little planet together. We, we really enjoy getting along. Right. You know Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if you don't mind, I would love to ask you some questions that our, uh, our listeners are probably very eager to hear about with your work on Friday the 13th, part seven. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, I mean, what was your... That was only 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, what was, like, your experience? Do, what do you remember most about doing this film? I, I know that the original uh, script was called Birthday Bash, so when you actually found out that it was Friday the 13th, what, what were your thoughts, and, like, how did that all come about? Yeah, okay. It came about in this magnificent, fun, and exciting way because, first of all, Anthony Barneo, the casting director, called my agents and said, where's Kevin? Where's Kevin? And, um, you know, when someone calling for you specifically, yeah. they, they, it's like, oh, they like me. They want me. I had not auditioned for it. This was my first audition going in. It was kind of like the 11th hour that they were looking for the role of Nick. <laughs> I remember going to this um, uh, place to audition in, in Hollywood where they don't have auditions anymore. And I walked in and John, B- John Bickler was there, mm-hmm. the director, and he was very, very quiet. And I had just gone in and there, there was the scene they had me, I believe the scene they had me audition with was the scene where we find my cousin dead in the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever I did, he liked and he just sort of stood up and he went, oh, my gosh, this is, this is great. Um, okay, um, can, you, can you step outside? And, and Anthony and he talked for a minute. And then I honestly can't remember if they had me do a scene with Laura, but Laura was outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she was outside and her husband was there. I remember her husband at that time. We talked and said hello and... She was kind of off in her little world, figuring out what she was... She had a lot of work to do with that show. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, the rumors of us not getting along... Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're good pals now. Uh, we just approach the work differently, and I'm sure at that time, people just wanted to create more drama. Oh, sure. And more drama. Yeah, you know, but um, it's sure. So I can put that rumor to rest. Um, <laughs> but uh, You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. First, second, first, third. Yeah. And... Um, I remember going home that night, and uh, and I remember leaving there, going, "Oh wow, maybe I'll maybe I'll, maybe I'll get this role." And um, I remember John Beaker was very kind, and he was very he was very um, he was very vocal about what he liked, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, I just and he, I, I guess I was wearing a blue sweater." He talks about the blue sweater, and I remember <laughs> there being wow. part of he said, "Get get." Nick a blue sweater, so that's what um, I guess I ended up having. But um, anyway, uh, it turns out I get home that night, and by the time I had gotten home, which was about 25 minutes later, after I left this place, my agent called and said, well, congratulations, you, you got the new Friday the 13th movie. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Wow. 
But I did not understand that that was the cover name. Birthday Bash was the cover name. And we um, I said, wait, wait, are you, wait a minute. How can, and five days prior, I had run into Kane Hoddard at an audition oh for God. Santa. I went to Santa Bar. I went to the soap opera Santa Barbara to audition for a role, which they ended up not bringing on at that time. But I remember Kane coming around the corner while we were waiting, and I looked at him and said, "Hey, dude, you you're that guy who we worked on The Hills Have Eyes Part Two yeah. together <laughs> years ago, and um, he he was doing stunts at that time for Wes Craven in that movie, and." Oh yeah! Hey, how are you? Hey, guess what? I just got the new Friday the Thirteenth movie. I'm playing Jason. Oh my so god! So when I, when he had said I'd gotten this new Friday the Thirteenth, I immediately knew I was going to work with Kenny, and that was that was just the beginning of all the fun. Yeah. And, um, I don't know how fun is that? Yeah. So is he? So, was he an intimidating um, guy? Everyone says he's so nice in real life, but... He is a nice... He's very nice and gentle, gentle, um, gentle spirit. But I think in the position that Kane was put, first of all, his makeup and the, and the mask allowed him one eye to look through. Ugh. And that one eye had a contact lens in it to create a, a weird effect on the eyeball. And, you know... He was not only our Jason, he was our stunt coordinator who was in charge of all stunts. And, you know, he he bit off a huge bite. I, I remember, you know, just... Yeah, I, I didn't really get the fun around with him on the set until we were actually not doing the interiors when we went down to... Um, the Where were we going? We went to Louisiana, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Somewhere down there. Um, when we went to do the exteriors and that was the time where I remember he was more able to uh, relax with us a bit more Um, yeah sure is he intimidating yeah he can be intimidating I'll give that to old Kane (laughs) you know the the greatest Jason of them all you know (laughs) I mean he, he better be or he shouldn't be playing Jason right yeah I I think I think he brought I think he was the first person allowed to bring a different kind of life or livelihood to Jason mm-hmm. uh, there was just something about the script that was written and about what they were doing with the script and um, there was a human quality about him it wasn't just this walking man in the, I mean yes there are qualities of that character sure. yeah and follow and chase but and there were some damn good kills in that movie I mean we <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. famously yeah. cut to death, but we, yeah, yeah, it's un, it's unfortunate that Beekler wasn't given the he wasn't allowed to give you the movie that he really wanted to do, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, with the the rating system. So yeah, well, I still really like it. It actually was the first one I ever yeah. saw, so it kind of holds a special place in my heart. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, so um, so speaking about the life that, that Jason brought to it, what was life like on the sets? How did you guys all get along together as a cast? You know, I, again, I think we were all working differently. I think, you know, there's a couple of party scenes that we are involved in where, you know, we, Nick brings Tina to the party next door and everything. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, it's interesting. If I look back at it now, the characters that we played were not too far from the way we behaved on 
set. Now, I don't want to give anybody a bad name. Uh, what's her name? <laughs> played, uh, Melissa. Who had the pearls? Melissa, Melissa, yeah. She, by by all means, was sweet and dear, and we had fun. We laughed. But we would, we would look at her and go, ooh, you, you're... You're a mean one, you know. She, well, no, you know, and, and she kind of gave us that response before Jessica Rabbit and, and mm-hmm. Peter Rabbit. You know, she's well, you know, if it's written that way, you know. Like <laughs> so uh, that's great. But, um, I think we all kind of appreciate each other. Each other and Heidi Kolzak was always just like, mm, well, come on, let's have fun. And, <laughs> um, and, and you know, there was there's a handful of gays, mm-hmm. a gaggle. Of the gays that I said, <laughs> and I I didn't know any of them at the time. Maybe one I had. Well, yeah, it, you know, it was like, how do you feel about you know this group? And yeah, you know, it was all still very holding our holding our our hand very close to our chest. We weren't gonna like let our our, right. our cards be seen, you know. Sure. But um, and you know, again, I, I didn't see it on anybody's sleeve, so hopefully I wasn't showing. You know, any signs, um, you know, I had to be this leading man, and I had to kiss the leading lady, and I mean, we, we, had, we had a good time. I mean, I, I do look back to it being a fun time, and the night that that house blew up... Were you there was, for that? I mean, uh, well, we were there in the sense that we were allowed to come and watch it from a mile or so away, or however far back, it, but... They blew that thing up, and I remember feeling the heat where we were just like, whoa. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And Kane wouldn't let me do one stunt that I wanted to do, and that was to fall into the boat. Oh. After I shoot at him. Yeah. If I'm shooting at Jason. Hey, I can't let you do it. Oh, come on. It's not that far. Nope. Nope. (laughs) That's what I paid that young man over there for, and they let him do it. That's incredible. And Terry Kaiser, and then Sue Blue. I mean, we just... It was, I mean, it was, it was a good group. Good. Um, how did you feel about having to wear those jean shorts? That's what I want to know. (laughs) (laughs) Good question, yes. I still have them. No, (laughs) I, how did I feel? Um, I, I, you know, the costumer said, here, put these on. I said, oh, okay. Maybe, I, I don't, I remember her saying, here's some shorts her, was it her him? I can't, God, I'm trying to remember which movie had, I just remember there being like, here's some boots, and here's the shirts, and here's uh, the shorts, and um, before they were, um, there was one pair of shorts that were really kind of too long, like, they looked, they looked more like the hood, mm-hmm. that type of, and that still wasn't me, and you know, I've, I've been, I've been told they, the boys and girls love those Daisy Duke shorts on me. Well, that's just not a, that's not a thing I want to be complimented for. But, you know, I guess they were well liked at, at yes. a certain point. So you should just you should just go with it. <laughs> oh, I I, 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 embraced I was in good shape at that point. So <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Embrace the Daisy Dukes. He looked great. I embrace the Daisy Dukes. Okay. Yeah, my years as a dancer and a gymnast, I'll, I'll embrace it. <laughs> so, um, how do how do you really feel about being considered, uh, you know, a horror hunk? I mean, you had Hills Have Eyes Part Two, followed up by Friday Seven. Uh, you you all constantly show up in these top ten lists of the hottest guys uh, from the Friday series. So, how does that? How do you how do you feel about that? Does that empower you? Does that embarrass uh, you? Well, I'm. On a certain level, I'm glad that I'm acknowledged because um, people 
liked something about me. It's better than being 11 and not being on the top 10. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think it's a, I think it's a whole, again, it's, it's all the ingredients put together. We were in a really fun movie. There's, um, I, I was considered the lead. If you're going to put all these leads into a, you know, category, um, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I was acknowledged and I'm grateful that people liked what I did. And, you know, again, I, I've worked with some really, really wonderful people and some of them are muscle men. Some of them are very long and elegant dancer-esque body physique, you know, physiques that they've got. And, you know, we all kind of have our own, our own singular sensational moment of what we look like. And sure. <laughs> I guess in 19, I guess in 1980 something it, that kind of, with my eighties hair, it, it kind of works. So. Oh, cool. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's really awesome. Do you still, do you still keep in touch yeah. with anybody from the movie? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I Laura and I, every so often, well, Laura had some health issues recently and she was very public about it and I just remember once we had reconnected on the convention circuit mm-hmm. um, you know we stayed in touch a lot more I um she actually had me uh, hired to uh, perform a sing at one of her daughter's pageants that oh, she, wow. oh, there nice. was something in Long Beach and uh, she loved my voice and she didn't really know that I sang um, until she got my CD, and she's like, "You have to say, you have to come." And I said, "Well, uh, okay, I guess." And so she had someone call me, and I, I, I keep in touch with her, and I, and I really acknowledge her for what she's doing. You know, she's in Texas, and she's. Um, I have to acknowledge Laura. Um, she, you know, uh, as a single mom, she really, um, she's raised two extraordinary young, you know, young adults and these children. They're beautiful, and she's had to grapple with her own, you know, issues of health and whatnot. But she is still out there in front. I told her she can't break a leg anymore, or she can't get any kind of dis-ease you know, physically. And she said, "Okay." So that was that was her that was her word. And I said, "Okay." So she's been she's been good, and um, I'm so glad that she is. I, I I wanted to go to this last. Well, we recently had a reunion, uh, a 30-year... Oh, wow. Oh, my God, I can't believe it's 30 years. Uh, we had a 30-year uh, anniversary screening at Men's Grauman Theater. Oh, wow. In Los Angeles, wow. where Kane showed up and Billy... Oh, cool. Um, Billy, uh, what's Billy's last name? Oh, my gosh. Billy, Bill, what's his name? Buckner? Is it Billy, Buckner? My cousin. Buckler, Is right? Oh my God, yeah, Billy Butler. Yeah. I think it was BB. <laughs> I got a lot in my head these days. No, it's okay. It's a big day. It's a big day for you. Um, and who plays Squid Face? Um, oh. Anyway, Beekler was there, and uh, Craig. Craig was there. Mm-hmm. Craig. I'm forgetting his last name. But uh, anyway, we just. Oh, and uh, Diana. Diana showed up. And we oh, just nice. Had a great, great time. Great time. So. Yeah, that's, I, I had a good time. I'm, I'm proud to be one of the few survivors. I know, I was going to say. <laughs> a Friday night team. That was, uh, You're an elite group. Awesome. Yeah, I guess I am. I guess I am. <laughs> cool. Well, do you want to talk a little uh, Always Forever? Or After after, after Forever? I always do that with this damn I'm, show. I'm, 
I'm happy to talk about all of that. After Forever is... Um... So actually, Kevin, a question for you to maybe start this off, just a, a way okay. to sort of frame this, is thinking about um, thinking about how, like, right now, the, the big LGBT, like, movies out right now are mm-hmm. Love, Simon, and Call Me By Your Name. And mm-hmm. you know, those two films are so much about the early experiences of, of, of gay men, well, of, of, of LGBT people. Mm-hmm. You know, Love, Simon, it's about right. coming out. And Call Me By Your Name, it's about first love and first sexual experiences. And After yeah. Forever is about, you know, the, the later experiences of, of, of gay men and, and lesbians. Um, and, you know, so well, what I'm wondering is, is why this series, why now? Well, um, I, there's a, a couple handfuls of reasons. Yeah, um, sure, please. When I, you know, ran into Michael Slade... First of all, Michael and I were both alumni from Days of Our Lives. He was a writer on Days of Our Lives, and I was an actor for many years. And um, he actually had come on to um, working on the on the um, on the program as a as a scriptwriter, just as my time on the show was ending. I guess I was there my last few months and he had been brought on and you know the writers are usually kept apart from the actors i don't know why sure but they just they do that so i i really did not know michael as um anything other than a name on the page sure. and um i tease him about um oh so he's the one who wrote me off but no that's not true <laughs> um, but michael michael knew who i was and i was living in new york and you know again i i say this um, and Michael's a few years older than I am, I think, um, one or two, or I, I'm not even sure. Um, but he, in his life, had ideas and, and stories in his mind about where he thought he would like to create something in the community, mm-hmm. uh, gay storytelling. And I was just sort of new into the world of producing. I had produced some stuff on Broadway, mm-hmm. and um, I had been... I had been groomed as a producer, and I, I was kind of falling out of love with producing for theater. Mm-hmm. But I thought if I can find something that I know in my heart for me, and and write something that way, maybe I can produce something that I'm in. And you know, aside from what Michael separately, unbeknownst to me, was creating in his world or thinking about, I was thinking, I don't see roles coming down the pike for me. <sighs> what am I going to do? And mm-hmm. so interesting. when we met, when we met, you know, I just sort of said, Hey, what are you doing these days? Um, and he had some ideas. I said, what do you think about a story like this? And he, he was like, Hmm, he, he liked my ideas. Uh, we sat down and started to talk about both of our ideas and stories. And, um, out of that, incubation period and, 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 and getting to know each other was uh, a story was born and that's where After Forever mm-hmm. came from. Why now? Um, I don't play the 20-something uh, Nick in Friday the 13th anymore. <laughs> sure, probably, yeah, absolutely. I would probably be, the, I would probably be uh, you know, looking toward for character parts. Um, but I think Michael was very, very adamant about creating it 
role, a role or roles for vital, healthy, mature, and um, uh, smart, creative adult gay males in the world. Yes. Because there is, there is uh, a, a, a middle age that is not really talked about, and, and, and that's actually in any any uh, storytelling. Very few middle-aged stories are ever, ever really um, yeah. uh, looked on, looked upon or, 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 or expressed. And we just wanted to show, especially from Michael's standpoint, wanted to show that we were not these young 20-something twinks, nothing wrong with them, and they not. provide a wonderful, uh, um, they provide a wonderful uh, spot for the community. But we're also not the we're not at the end of our lives um, in our 80s uh, down the hall. Um, mm-hmm. at, you know, sure. um, I love when he says that um, we're we're not those elderly men yet. And <laughs> we're, we're, we're vital, and I think there's a story to tell. And I think I what was so extraordinary about once once we came to the to the the center point of how we would tell a story about men in, in, in this age age range it started to write itself the characters started to fall wow. into place um, story and ideas that I had kind of were pushed into some of it and stories that were personal to him he pushed in a lot of it and um, it's um, I, I, I think it's an important story to tell and uh, you know after today um, the big secret will be out there but you know it is about how people deal with loss and yeah. Um, intimate loss, and um, if anything, you know, he and I have both had experiences in our life uh, where we have both, when someone dies, the relationship does not end. Right. And love does not end. Love does not stop. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people sure. think that that's just sort of something you brush under the you brush under the carpet. But no, I think you actually have more opportunity to live that out and that's sort of how as you see i think maddie you watched today um yeah how that's taken care of i, I don't want to give it away too much but that's you know we can talk about it now yeah out there. i'm only in episode right. three Absolutely. so <laughs> <laughs> well as i said episode the, the first two episodes are, are really you know wham bam and sucker punch and then the last two episodes are i, I think still when i watch the screenings of them, uh, the last two episodes, I still cannot help but be, you know, um, triggered. It, it's just, they're so emotional. They're so, um, yeah, powerful. It, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it did. I mean, seriously, you know, like before, before 2000, you know, really when we looked at gay men on, on, on screen, it was usually about some sort of crisis, some sort of health crisis, and it usually had to do with AIDS. Um, and so, you know, it's really interesting to see how the evolution of, of LGBT people in film has has really um, evolved. I mean, there's no other word for it. And um, this is just beautiful. this is yeah, you know, this is really a lovely um, a lovely picture of of a couple um, of of a couple in in their in their middle age. You know, just like you said. And you know, while while we're looking at you know the love signs and the call me by your names and all the young stories, I think it's absolutely wonderful to have a story about middle life where guess what we're all headed mm-hmm. um, and, and God willing, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it's super important to have that discussion and to have that discussion through film because representation is so important so yeah, yeah I just thank I you just loved it thank you Manny. thank you and I I, I I want to just also add into that 
a lot of people are going to see this and they're going to they're going to read the synopsis there on Amazon or wherever they they're finding it, and they're, they're going to see it's about two men, and they're going to think that this is uh, a gay story. I, Michael and I, we were so conscious that we're just people mm-hmm. in the world, and this is not just gay thematic. This is about this is a love story, and that the universal tie-in is that. It, it's about dealing with loss and mm-hmm. every single one of us whether we're on the receiving end or the observing end we're going to deal with loss in our lives and it can be loss of a job it can be loss of a pet it can be loss of a parent it can be loss of a loved one and that to me is what makes this completely mainstream and and, and not only is is michael's uh, michael's a wordsmith man he just he's a beautiful writer and he gave every character in this in this series such uh, a platform to jump off of. We, we, okay, first of all, Mitchell Anderson from Doogie Howser and Party of Five <laughs> uh, fame back in the 90s. I, I've known Mitchell for years, and he actually he packed up his bags, and he moved to Atlanta with his husband, and he opened a restaurant called Metro Fresh. If you're in Atlanta, I highly oh, wow. recommend you getting lunch there. And I, at one point, talked to Michael, and I said, hey, who do you see playing this? Because I, I, I keep getting, I don't know. We've got a 12-day shoot. I want to feel comfortable with the person who I'm playing opposite of. And I just pitched Mitchell, and he goes, that's a great idea. Oh, wow. And I, I then called Mitchell, and he had been, he had been keeping his feet wet in the, in the creative acting world, but he hadn't done film for quite a while. And I said, would you read the script? And he said, okay sure and and then he called me back a few days later and said uh, when when are you starting so i, I was wow. so grateful to his a his his um his his <laughs> he honored the possibility and then he sure. showed up with such incredible ideas and you, you see it on the film uh he's just he's just amazing and um uh, it was easy to work off of him. It was just, we were like, you know, it's like we had never stopped seeing each other as friends in L.A. He oh, that's just awesome. Me right back up. There's Katie Huffman, who's a Tony Award winner from mm-hmm. the producers on Broadway. There is Jim Newman. He was in um, Hands on a Hard Body, but as of recent uh, fame, he's he was in The Village People and The Remount of the Village People. Um, there is um, Jameson Stern. There is... Uh, Peter Kim, Jonathan Rayson, David Dean Patrell. There is uh, the woman who plays my my gay work wife. <laughs> I'm oh, she's like wonderful. Yeah, she is. Um, she is this gorgeous, gorgeous. Her name is Erin Cherry, and she is fantastic. Yeah, um, she's just really, really great. Just love her, and uh, Anita Gillette and Lenny Wolpe play the parents of. Um, yeah. Of. Uh, uh, Mitchell, uh, Jason, his character Jason, and um, they're in the last two episodes as well. They're just amazing. And then we've got a a really wonderful, I'm going to say featured uh, appearance by Colleen Zeg mm-hmm. from As the World Turns, and Michael Yuri from Ugly yeah. Betty, and um, you know, just amazing. I know. Just I was amazing. so surprised to see him pop up in there. <laughs> Well, hopefully there's more of him popping up in in seasons to come. 
So yeah, what's Michael the what's Yuri's, the Michael Yuri is so cute. Hi Michael, <laughs> the same line. <laughs> I know he's so great. He's so great. Here's my number. It's uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I think I think you'll have to go through his partner. Oh shoot. <laughs> so what is the plan for uh, for more after forever? Well, I hope there's a plan for more seasons. You know, again, um, Amazon is the platform that we're presenting this at this time and hopefully it will touch the hearts and souls of many people and those many people will let the world and amazon know by reviewing it on the website that um yes. they they liked it and they want more and um, michael and i have we've kind of um scribbled out some outlines of where we think the next seasons will go um but we're just sort of waiting to see you know, this business, it's funny and fickle, so... Sure. <laughs> I, I, I would love there to be another 10 seasons, you know, so... Sure. Well, we'll promote well, it. We'll continue to promote it, for sure. Oh, yeah. We're, well, we're thank you so much. Yeah, it's yeah. it, it do, definitely when you were talking okay. about, you know, the representation. Oh. It, so, yeah, it was just so nice to see the representation of an older um gay man just ha- a, a human not not some spectacle of a person or a caricature of a person it felt really real yeah. well thank you i'm I, i'm michael and i are really proud of this and how it came together and i have <laughs> to say um when i see it when i see something on on tv or i see something on stage or on screen and I'm moved by it, and I'm excited by it. I go, God, I want, to, I want to do stuff like that. I want to work with people like that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very proud to say when I watch After Forever, I think that I want to work with those people. I like that. I want to do something like that. And then I go, Oh wait, that's that's that is what we did. That's awesome. It, it, I, it's so weird. It's so bizarre. That's it's so cool. I can't believe that it, it's it it's just falling together into place and it's uh, it is by far one of my greatest um uh, how can i say this i'm so grateful that our paths crossed michael's and our yes. and my paths crossed and i'm i'm proud that what i was able to show up with and present and offer was met with you know such uh, such great such a great match and you know there we have it after forever was born i'm very proud of it oh that's cool um well listeners you can watch after forever on amazon starting today april 24th is the premiere date um so go out there give it a listen give it a review uh it's a great show and i think you're all gonna really like it and and just and and just like kevin was saying earlier it's it's 90 minutes total so you can binge this thing out so go for it. Watch it all together. It's, It'll knock you out. It's it, the, the episodes are short form, so some are some are eight or nine minutes, some are ten or eleven minutes. They, they all approximate to be about eleven minutes. And um, what I also wanted to say was, um, if you are a Prime member, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you get it for free. So yes. go to Amazon Prime. And if you if you're not a Prime member, uh, that's not a worry. You can you can um, purchase episodes or the whole season. I, I think I think you're gonna want to purchase it. <laughs> and hey, <laughs> and hey, and hey, too. Just like Kevin was saying, you know, and just like we we've been saying, representation is important. 
And the only way that we keep representation going um, in, in Hollywood is if we let Hollywood know that we're really into it. So if you like if you like After Forever, make sure that you go and review it. Review it on Amazon. Talk to your friends about it on Facebook. Get out there yeah. and talk to folks. And you can you can go to uh, AfterForeverTheSeries.com, AfterForeverTheSeries on Facebook, AfterForeverTheSeries on Twitter, and AfterForeverTheSeries on Instagram. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Well, is there anything well, yeah, else that you great. was there anything else you wanted uh, to promote, talk about, anything like that? I think I did it. I think all we right. talked about it all. Cool, cool. <laughs> I think we covered it all. Uh, um, I, I really appreciate you guys reaching out to me. And you know, it's funny um, when you're on the road and when you are traveling. You know, your your office, your computer becomes your world. And um, I was I was actually away from the computer for two days, and I only had the phone and. Were, what, what is this Friday the 13th <laughs> um, I, I, what, what, I had missed it the first time and then I thought I replied and, but here's what I wanted to say to you guys um, congratulations to you uh, both of you for um, putting a place uh, giving a platform to a, a conversation that can be started and you know I, I didn't know there were so many supporters um, in the uh in the slasher film world, but there's, you know, we, we got our, our goth and we got our young gay goth, you know, gothic and they're, they're all working it out. And, um, I just, I'm so, I, I'm so touched by the amount of, uh, emails and, um, uh, requests for, um, autographs, uh, from young gay men who are finding their way and it awesome. touches my heart. So thanks guys. Thanks yeah. For- no, Please, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for thank taking you the so time much. out of your day to do it. We really appreciate it. Can't wait to I can't wait to meet you guys in person. Um, I, I yes. will say this this weekend, if you're listening to this, I will be at the Chiller Convention with the amazing Anis Hove, Denise Duff, and Ted Nicolau. There is a subspecies reunion that we're having here oh. at, at Chiller. So um, I'm sure there'll be some Friday the 13thers, and there'll be some Hills Have I part wow. twoers, and um, but subspecies part two and three will definitely be um, cool. Uh, cool. I was in two and three, but Honest was in part one, so we'll be there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. We really appreciate your time. We know yeah. it's precious. So talk to you guys soon, and keep up the good work. Thank you. We'll talk thank to you, you soon. Have a, have, have a good night. Thanks, my friend. Bye. Bye. Bye.